Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. <laughs> welcome to Transformation Church. Can we give it up for our creative team and all those guys? They're just crazy. As I was watching that, I was like, how many corn dogs does Eli have? Like, that's... like. Just the whole package. Anyway, so uh, we are pumped about today, Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I don't know if you care about who wins tonight. I kind of don't, So, um, but nonetheless, it's a reason to celebrate, have a good time, and so today we're going to jump straight in, because I want to talk to you about the game we're playing. Turn to your neighbor and say the game. How many guys know we are in fact playing a game? In life, we're playing a game. Some of y'all are like, I'm tired of playing this game. We're going to talk about that. Today, I remember I was working out with some of my buddies uh, a little while back, and, and uh, as I was uh, running, which running is my least favorite thing of all the things when it comes to working out, um, and so I was running, and uh, we, we were, I was kind of getting to that point where I was like, man, I don't think I can keep going. Like, I'm, I'm done, and he was like, listen, just get to the top of the hill. We get to the top of the hill, we'll take a break, and I was like, all right, man. So we start running. We're going. We get to, uh, I'm coming up to the top of the hill. At that point, my legs are on fire, right? Like everything hurts. My, I feel like I'm like, my lungs are on fire. And I finally get to the top of the hill only to find out that it wasn't the top of the hill. It was one of those hills where you can't see the bigger hill till you get to the top of the smaller hill. And it was a false summit. I get to the top of the smaller hill and he's like, no, 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 that hill. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I was like, you're just going to have to give me an F. I don't know. Like, do we get grades here? I don't know what's going on, but I'm, not, <laughs> I'm done. And I remember just being completely exhausted because I was like, man, I feel like I don't have anything left in me. And I want to talk to you today because I feel like some of us, I would even dare say all of us, are finding or have found ourselves in moments in life somewhat recently, particularly, where we are counting down the seconds until we're through this season. So whether this season for you is something personal, you're going through something personal, whether it's a health thing or a job thing or a career thing, or your kids have just lost their mind. Okay, like, I can't wait to get through this season. Like, or uh, if you are trying, like, you've been just hoping that you would get through some of the seasons of your struggle, right? Like, you're just going through something. You can't wait to get through this season of it feels like the racial tension around us is worse than it's ever been. You can't wait to get through the season of this pain passing or the trauma that you've gone through. uh, Honestly, some of you couldn't wait to get through the season of the election where you were just hoping that the election was going to bring some hope that you hadn't got anywhere else. And some of you have been waiting for the season of this pandemic to end. I'm a job. I've been hoping for that one. But whatever the case may be, I want you to understand something. Once you get into it, it's not hard to realize that your pain leads to more pain, doesn't it? Your struggle leads to more struggle. Now, listen, y'all better help me today, okay? I don't know where y'all went, but like, how many of y'all know every time you get through a struggle, there's another one just around the corner? Like, you're like, okay, I'm almost through this. And the second you get through it, guess what's waiting on you? Another one. Your kids lose their mind. And as soon as you feel like everyone is back together on the same page, they lose it again. All right, now I'm not just talking about teenagers. Some of these two-year-olds are wild, son. Okay, so parents of two-year-olds are like, oh, tell me about it. You know, I've been chasing one for now. It's like, so, but what we also realize is that 
though we thought the racial tension might subside soon, we realized that not only is it not new, but it's probably not going anywhere either. Not only do we realize that pain leads to pain, but we realize that trauma leads to memories about our pain. And now we got to deal with the memories of our trauma, even if we're done with the trauma. We also realize that an election happens every four years. And so this is just kind of a roundabout we're on at this point. And we don't even know if the pandemic is going anywhere. See, we've all gotten to false summits in life where we felt like it was the end only to get to what we thought was the end to find out there's still more. Anybody ever been there? Seven, six, seven of us, the rest of y'all. No, okay, so I said, how many of you have found yourselves thinking it was the end of something, but only realizing that it wasn't? Matter of fact, some of us have been in that state of our life where we thought we were counting down the moments of struggle or pain or trauma, whatever it is for you. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, here we come. We're coming up on the end. Five. Four, you're looking at the clock of life. Three, two, one, and everything in you lets out a big sigh. Just right now, I want you to take a deep breath and sigh. <sighs> That's how you felt in life. And then someone comes over the loudspeaker of your spirit and goes, halftime. And you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And what I hope to encourage you with today is to help you see that navigating the journey of your life it's going to require us to play the game differently. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's got to be different. Come on, I want you to say it like you believe it. Say, it's got to be different. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, we see Paul talking here. And it's very interesting that Paul is the one saying this because if you know about Paul in the Bible, Paul was shipwrecked, floated in the ocean for a few days, stumbled to an island, built a fire, got bit by a snake. Uh, he, he was beaten. Like Paul had a tough run at it. All right. So if there's anyone that knows what it feels like in the Bible to talk about how life can get bad, it's Paul. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. He says this, we are experiencing trouble on every side. Ever, does that describe some of our lives sometimes? Trouble on every side, but we're not crushed. He says, we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're knocked down, but we're not destroyed. And Paul is giving us a window into the fact that life might bring troubles and struggles, but just because those exist doesn't mean that it's the end. As a matter of fact, I would declare to you now at the very beginning of this that there is, there is actually hope, but we got to play the game differently. So one more time, turn to your neighbor and say, it's got to be different. You see, there's two different types of games that I want to make you aware of. There's finite games and there's something that Simon Sinek calls infinite games. Now, Finite games are games like basketball and football, and, and the rules of those are fixed. There are known players, agreed upon objectives. Essentially, if you score more points than the opponent scores in X amount of time, you win the game. That's pretty easy, right? The thing is, infinite games are much different. You see, they have known players and unknown players. There are no fixed rules, which means the rules can constantly change whenever they need to. There's no established horizon, and therefore there's no finish line to cross and ultimately no ending to the game. In the game, the objective is merely to keep playing. And many of us have taken an infinite, or a finite approach to winning an infinite game. We found ourselves frustrated, full of anxiety, depressed, confused, and hurt. 
Because every time we turn around, the players on the field keep changing. How many of you guys have ever, uh, we, we all know the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, right? That's what the Bible says. We're aware that the enemy is our opponent, but how many of you guys ever felt like you had someone playing on your team and all of a sudden you look up and they switch jerseys mid-game? Like, I thought you were with me, now they're playing against you. How many of you guys have ever felt like someone was going to be on your team and all of a sudden you thought you turned around and not, they didn't switch teams, they just left your team. Like, we got your back. And you turn around, it's like, how far back? Right? So the players can change. The rules can change. How many of you guys know the enemy doesn't play by our rules? And we see... Many of us are frustrated in life because we're trying to play an infinite game where the rules change, the players change, and the enemy doesn't have to follow our guidelines, but we're trying to use finite rules of success, accomplishment, and victory. And the reason why many of us are so frustrated in life right now is we don't realize that we're playing an infinite game, not a finite game. It's not basketball where you score X amount of points and you win. The point of this game of life is to just keep playing. Y'all remember Finding Nemo, Dory? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. That's that's how life is for us. Some of y'all parents are like, okay, I'm never coming again. (laughs) This will be stuck in my head all day. But for some of us, we have to realize that the point of this game is to just keep playing. God wants you to finish the race, as Paul said. So it's to finish. The, but the thing is, is the race is eternity. The, the, the win is eternity. Therefore, everything that happens in this life, the whole point is to just keep playing. And I don't know about you, but that can get exhausting. Only six of us. I said that can get exhausting. And so we have to change our approach to our spiritual journey and the game that we play. If we're going to play an infinite game, we have to change how we play. So turn to your neighbor and say, you got to change how you play. Come on, say it like you believe it. you got to change how you play. So I want to give you three things today that I believe will help you in this infinite game that we're all playing. You guys ready to talk about it? First thing I want you to understand is you got to make sure you take strategic timeouts. you got to take strategic timeouts. Well, what happens in a timeout? Well, a timeout is where there are key moments in the game where we pause, where we reflect, where we solidify our game plan, where we talk with our coach, who is God, by the way. We're talking with our coach. We're trying to make sure that everything is what it's supposed to be, right? Timeouts are strategic moments where we try to go and make sure that everything, we're going the right direction. It's ways that coaches will use timeouts to try to stop the momentum on the opposition side. And so for us, we have to realize that strategic timeouts give us the chance to connect with our coach. And what I mean by that, if God is our coach, and sometimes we're in the middle of the game. How many guys have ever been in the middle of life feeling like you were confused, hurt, full of anxiety, and didn't know which way was up? Seven of us, the rest of you lying. Okay, so uh, we've been in the game and what we need is the one who's on the sideline but still active that can see the beginning from the end. He can see all that's happening in our life. And so he can say, hey, you need to bump to the left just a little bit here. Hey, make sure you come over here. Don't do that thing again. Hey, stupid, don't do that thing again. Okay, I don't know if God talks to y'all like that. I feel like that's how he talks to me. Okay, so don't do that. Stay away from that. Go over here. Why? We need someone that is part of the game but can see more than we can see in the game. So we got to be connected to our coach. But one of the other things, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this, 
Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, say that word with me, rest. Because sometimes you need to take a strategic time out to breathe. I don't know about you guys, have you ever been in a moment in your life where you literally looked in the mirror and told yourself, I can't do this anymore? You even told God, God, if this is how it's going to be, you can have it all. I'm not doing this anymore. And one of the things that I think is very important to see in the Bible, uh, there's a word, pneuma, which is, it represents the spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. And, and it literally, it's the breath of God, it, the breathing, again, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. It breathes back into you what you can't muster up in your own strength. And sometimes you got to take a strategic time out because you've run out of your strength and you're going to have to tap into something new. Matter of fact, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says it like this. This is Paul talking again. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. How many of y'all got a thorn in your flesh? You're like, I don't, I haven't picked rose bushes lately. I don't know. Like, no. so he, he says, I got a thorn in my flesh. In other words, I've got this thing in my life. That it keeps hurting me no matter what I try to do with it. And he says this, it was sent, a messenger of Satan sent to torment me. And three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Does God take it away from him? He, actually, he says this, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, it is when you have nothing left that God can really show up on the scene. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And I want some of you to lean in for a second. All of you online, some of you are at the end of your rope. You don't feel like you can keep playing this game. You feel like you've run out. God's grace is sufficient to carry you where you can't carry yourself. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. In other words, he says, I'm going to boast. I'm going to talk more about what I can't do so that whenever God comes through for me, people know that it was Christ's power who got me there. And for some of you, I want you to be encouraged today. You may not be able to keep going, but the fact that God will carry you in his grace to keep going means the world will know who gets the glory out of your life. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships. How many of you delight in weakness? Nobody, don't raise your hand, okay? So, how many of you delight in insults? How many of you delight in hardships? How many of you delight in persecutions? How many of you delight when people come at you sideways on social media? None of us, Right? How many, how many of y'all like me? Like, I'm, I'm, I might be holy, but I'm still hood too. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? You pray with me, don't play with me. Okay, so like, just so we're clear. Like, what? I'm not there yet. Y'all ever seen that Steve Harvey stand up? He's, he's like, don't trip, God ain't done with me yet. Okay, so like, I feel like that's where many of us find ourselves is we're not quite there yet, but if we'll identify with what Paul is talking about and say, listen, I'm not gonna pretend I don't have hardships. I'm not gonna pretend I don't have insults or persecutions. I'm not gonna pretend that these things aren't coming against me. Matter of fact, I'm gonna boast in the fact that they are here so that when God carries me out of them, he'll get all the glory for it because he's gonna do something great and amazing in my life. And my encouragement to you today 
is that'll only happen if you're connected to the one you need to carry you. Hear my voice today, all of you online, those of you in the room. You don't have it in you by yourself to get through what you're going through. It will take the power of God himself in your life. So my encouragement, take some strategic timeouts. Now, this is a little life lesson. This, I could say this is biblical, but this is just straight, this is from me to you. Don't be afraid to do what's best for you every once in a while. For those of you that have the tendency to carry everybody else, when I say everybody else, I'm talking about all those people that are never there to carry you when you need it. Don't be afraid to take a time out and say, you know what, I'm taking a step from everything else. I'm going to connect with God for a little while. Because it's that connection that carries us. So take strategic time out. The next thing you got to do is talk to your teammates. Turn to your neighbor and say, your teammates. Now look at your neighbor. Don't say this out loud and think to yourself, is this a teammate? I don't know who they pull you for. No, I'm just kidding. You got to talk to your teammates. You see, your teammates are the people that help carry you and you help carry them. I say your teammates are the ones that help carry. How many guys have ever needed someone to help carry you? You were at the end of your rope. You were struggling. You were hurting. You needed someone to come alongside you and say, hey, I got you, right? And they carried you. How many guys have ever been there for someone else? Like, hey, listen, I can see they're hurting. They're weak. I'm going to be there. We're going to go together. Why? We need teammates that are going to help us with that. But here's the thing. You need people that are in your life that are actually helping you. You see, too many of us are busy trying to strategize with people that are, are not on our team. And we need to be connected with people that are on our team. And if we're not doing that, we go to social media to air out our frustrations. How many of y'all ever just vague posted on, on Facebook or Instagram, just mad about whatever? Okay. I'll see if anyone's actually going to raise their hand. Like, pfft, I mean, every day. I just, I'm mad every day. Here's the thing. Many of us would rather go to social media because we'd rather have somebody sympathize with us in our struggle than help get us to victory. That one was free. You can have that one. Okay, we put that. Galatians 5.1 says this. It is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, that we could have it. We could obtain it. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't let yourself carry the weight you were never meant to carry anymore. And so teammates help us do three things. I want to give them to you quickly. The first thing is they help you carry the weight. Turn to your neighbor and say the weight. They help you carry the weight. You see, it's real hard to win the game when it feels like you're hauling around weights you were never meant to carry. Uh, my boy Patrick that preached here a few weeks ago, uh, he has lost like, I don't know, three and a half human beings or something. He was 518 pounds. And he's like 200 and something now. So he like, that's incredible. And so he said, you know, sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and find bags of rice and try to pick up as many bags of rice to equal the weight that I've lost and carry it around just so I can feel what my body used to feel like. And I was like, so I did that the other day. I've, I'm down about 45 pounds from when I was at my heavy gig. Like God, he's, his strength in Jesus' name. So, uh, but, uh, but one of the things I did is I went and grabbed two 20-pound bags of rice and thought to myself, I can't believe this is what I used to carry every day. Because there's a freedom in not carrying around the weight that you weren't built to carry. And in your spiritual journey, in your emotional journey, in this journey that God is taking you on, sometimes you got to put down the things you were never called to carry. And so what does that look like? So you may need to put down the burden that belongs to someone else that God never asked you to pick up. 
I'm not saying you shouldn't be there for people. Listen, God puts someone on your heart. God leads you in a relationship with someone, and he puts it there that you're to help them carry theirs. Be there, but be mindful of the ones that aren't helping you carry yours. But then the important thing that I want you to understand is you got to be mindful of the burdens that are your burdens that were actually never yours to carry either. I'm talking about the burden of that abuse. That person hurt you, and now they're living fine, and you're letting them stay in your head rent-free. They haven't thought about you in years, but you think about them every time you look in the mirror. Hear me, that is a weight you are not supposed to carry because you can't move towards the purpose God has for you as long as you're being slowed down by the thing that's behind you. Maybe it's not your abuse, but maybe it's your shame. You're carrying a shame of something, a decision you made. And even you may have had to live out the consequences of that decision. But I'm here to tell you, living out the consequences and carrying the shame of the thing that you did originally does not mean that it has to slow you down from what God has for you. Which time that you let go of the weight of shame, the weight of hurt, the weight of bitterness, the weight of unforgiveness. For some of you, uh, you, right now, if you saw that person and whoever that person is, you know who that person is, right? If you saw that person in Walmart today, you'd pick it a new aisle. Like, no, nah, we're not doing this today. Some of y'all are like, I'm not going to Walmart. All right, Target or Publix, okay? Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Speaking of, sidebar, completely different thing. Me and my wife celebrated 11 years of marriage yesterday. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My beautiful wife, she's serving somewhere around. She's not here right now. But, uh, and uh, so we went to Destin, Florida. This has nothing to do with the sermon, but I feel like you should know about it. Okay, so uh, we went to Destin, Florida to celebrate our 11 years. We go to Destin every year, and it rains every year because that's what it does in Florida. For those of you who think you're coming to the Sunshine State, it's a lie. Okay, so, but, uh, so we were out in Destin, and we're shopping, and we're in all these stores, and it's just beautiful, not the weather, but the stores, and, and like, so we're like in these boutique shops and stuff like that, and before I know it, I look up, and my wife has me walking through Target in Destin, and I thought to myself, now ain't this something? How did I get duped into this? <laughs> and she said, all Targets are different. I said, the devil is a lie. Okay, so anyway, so nothing to do with what we're talking about. Except to tell you that for some of you, you are letting what someone did to you own you. And you don't have to do that anymore. But hear me, you're going to need someone to help you carry the weight. You're going to need someone to help you in that healing. You're going to need someone to help you in that forgiveness. You're going to need someone to help you in that freedom. I'm going to tell you, you need to bring teammates into the process. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What God wants for you is that you would be free. And stop carrying the weight of who hurt you, of the fact that you hurt you, of the decisions that you made or the consequences of the decisions or the shame that follows it. Those aren't weights that you have to bear. The next thing teammates help you do is see your blind spots. How many of y'all got blind spots? All right, the rest of you, you're not raising your hand because you can't see them. That's why they're blind spots. Okay, so I want to have some of my boys coming up here. Come on up, guys. They're going to help me out with something. Give, put your hands together for these guys right here. So uh, uh, these are some of my teammates, and so they help me uh, a lot. And so here's what I want you to understand, though. God has called you to something. Tell your neighbor, he's called me. 
Say it. Go ahead and say it. He's called. God has called you to something. So for the sake of this analogy, I want you to think of this football as your calling, the purpose, the thing that God has put you on this earth to accomplish. I don't even trust these guys behind me right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, <laughs> there's something he put inside of you. He's calling you to. And God wants to accomplish something in you. But what you have to realize is there are blind spots in your life that you can't guard by yourself. And so what I want you to understand is, uh, go, here, come on up here, Anthony. It's important that you put teammates in the right positions. And so Anthony is going to play center. Ryan is going to be the opponent, <laughs> the enemy right here in Jesus' name. So uh, strike that. No, uh, so, uh, but from a football perspective, he's going to be the linebacker. Now, here's what's important that you understand. Justin has never played football a day in his life. It's true, yeah. No, we, you didn't have to convince us. So, okay, so, Justin, what most people don't know about football, if you do know football well, you know this to be true, is one of the most coveted, or not coveted, one of the most important positions in football is the offensive tackle position. Now, the reason that this is true is what I'm going to show you in a second, all right? And so, uh, we're going to get ready. I'm going to play quarterback because, you know, uh, that... Never happened in high school. All right, so, uh, so uh, the reason why this is important, I want you to watch what Justin does. I'm right-handed. So as I get ready to throw the ball, I want you to see what happens. Down set. Go. All right, there we go. If I'm going to throw the ball, see, you see how – now look at me for a second now that them clowns are done. If I'm going to throw the ball, what do I got to stop looking at? What's over here, right? To, to accomplish what God has me here to accomplish means at some point I'm going to have to expose a blind side of my life. And it's important that you have the right players in the right positions because you're going to need someone to guard your blind spots. The reason many of us haven't let people step into our life is the last person that was supposed to have our back let us down. And so we're like, I'll never do that again. The problem is because you'll never do that again, you'll never fulfill the purpose because to fulfill the purpose means you've got to open up your blind side, which means you're going to have to bring some people in your life that's going to guard for you. And what inevitably happens, one more time, guys, is, is the quarterback lines up and God says, all right, I'm going to send you with purpose. I'm going to send you with a calling. Here you go. Down set. Go. And then we get it. That would never happen in real life. I'm just like, you know, right, Ryan would just bull it up, right? But... What happens is Justin is making sure that the opponent can't get to the part of me that I can't protect myself. And we all need people in our life that the relationship guards the blind spots of my life that I can't see. And we think that we can do it all by ourselves, but hear me, you can't. You can't. We need people just like the offensive tackle guards the blind spot of the quarterback, we need people in our life that are guarding our blind spots. Because you have them, you need people that will speak life and guard them. Right? Go ahead and give my hand, guys. Right. Hold on, Justin, come here. I want to acknowledge Justin for a second. The reason I gave him the offensive tackle position is because, A, he'll never play it. And, B, uh, <laughs> we joke all the time about the sports he doesn't play. So, um, but the reason I say that is Justin plays an important part in my life, different, not a sports 
in the sports world, but Justin's been our executive pastor for over three years now. And one of the things that happened when he came on staff, for those of you that don't know, when he came on staff, uh, my son was very sick at the time. My dad was going through a number of things at the time. Our family was hurting. A lot of us were broken, quite frankly, because we had been praying prayers for years that God had yet to completely answer. And we were at this moment in our life that I'm preaching to you about today where we kept looking at the clock thinking this has to end soon. And God kept saying, I just need you to keep going. And I was going, God, I, can't, I don't know if we can keep going. He said, you just got to keep going. And God brought a special person into my life who was Justin. And when Justin came on staff, here's what he told me. He said, listen, I want to make sure you understand that I'm here to be and do everything you need me to be and do so you can fulfill everything you need to do. He stepped into my life to cover my blind side and take care of all the things that I couldn't even see anymore because God had me on a mission to accomplish something in my family and in this church. And so it's important that you understand that we have to have people that are there for us. But the other thing that Justin and Ryan and Anthony and, and a number of other guys in this church have permission to do is also speak directly to my life and say, hey, you need to watch out for that. Hey, I'm not saying you've made this decision, but it looks like you might could have made this decision because you put yourself in this position. You don't need to put yourself in there. Why? Those are blind spots I can't see. And it's important you bring relationships into your life where people are there to help you, to carry you, to lighten the load, to carry the weight, but also to guard you in ways that you need people to guard you. Because you can't win at this game if you're playing by yourself. Give it up for Justin, guys. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. So... So we have to have people that are there to cover our blind spots. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Listen, we come to God for salvation. That's a free gift, the Bible says. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. All right, so just so we're clear, faith alone can take you into salvation through Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel. But he says, salvation comes through Jesus but healing comes through people. And the reason why many of us are never healed is because we've never let people get into our life enough to help us get healed. And my plea to you today is to remember that God uses people to make you whole. Not from an eternal perspective, but while you're still here. How many of y'all can't wait till the day we meet Jesus face to face? Y'all in that camp? Everybody just, I can't wait till the day where I meet Jesus face to face. How many of you know I still need some help while I'm here? So hear me, get help while you're here. The last thing that we need from our teammates is also encouragement. How many of y'all just need some encouragement sometimes? Anybody ever woke up and like, it was just that day you needed someone to speak life into you? Maybe it's today, so I want to help you out for just a second. I, I want you to say, or I want you to know that you got this. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, you got this. Come on, say it like you believe it. You got this. Now say, I got this. Now say, we got this. Now say, let's do this. Come on, say it again. You got this. I got this. We got this. Let's do this. You got this. I got this. We got this. Let's do this. Come on. You got this. I got this. We got this. Let's do this. You ready? Say this. You got it. I got it. We got it. Let's do it. I don't think any of y'all got it right, but I feel like it was there. Okay, the spirit was in the right place. Okay, so 
Sometimes we just need people that will look at our life and be like, hey, you got this. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can. No, 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 you got this. My boy Ryan, we've connected a number of times over the last year. It's just been like, no, 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 no. Like, you, no, no, you got, I don't know. No, you got, like, God's going to carry you, man. You've got this. Don't put your head down. Pick your head up. You got, why? We all need people in our life that will declare the hope of who Jesus is in our life when we feel perplexed and broken and in despair that God's got us. And then as long as he's on our team, which he is, we can keep playing, which is why it's so important that we do the last thing and we take time for your touchdowns. Take time for your touchdowns. What do you mean by that, Brad? If we're playing an infinite game that doesn't really have an end until we get to glory, until we get to eternity or heaven, if you will, for believers. If we're playing a game that there is no ending until then, that means we need to start celebrating small victories all along the way better. Like we need to get better at acknowledging. Listen, some of us haven't praised God for the small miracles because he hasn't given us the big one yet. God, I want you to take away this depression. I want you to take away this anxiety. I want you to take away this chemical imbalance. I want you to take away this sickness. God, I want you to heal this person I'm believing for. God, I want you to do this thing. And because we haven't seen that thing happen, we forget that he provided a new job for us. We forgot that he gave us a promotion. We forgot that he provided the relationship, the balance that it needed. We forgot that he came through in every other area of our life. And because we haven't seen the game win yet or the big victory or we haven't scored the touchdown we want to score yet, we are forgetting to sell celebrate the ones that he has. And God's going, I know, listen, that thing that you're praying for, either it's delayed or it's going to happen differently than you think it's going to. But what if we started celebrating and praising him for the small victories along the way? How different would our life be if we strictly changed the vernacular of our celebration? If we just changed the dialect that we have in our own head? about the goodness of God, about how he's carried us. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him, they conquered him, talking about the enemy, by the blood of the lamb, through the power of Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross, but also through their testimony, through the declaration of what God does. Sometimes the victory over the enemy that's in front of you doesn't need something supernatural. It just needs you to confess what Jesus has already done for you. And so we find ourselves in that place. My man DeMarcus over here, we played in a church basketball league a few years back. Highlights of my 20s. Because uh, so, we won the championship, didn't we? Didn't we? We did. Okay, very good. So <clears throat> just for the record, um, I remember it was the championship game. I don't, know, I don't know if you remember this or not. You probably do. Uh, it was a championship game. Uh, we had just, we came off like a triple header that weekend or something crazy. We had to play like so many teams. We were completely exhausted. Fourth quarter, we were down by almost 15 points, I think, or 20, one of the two. And we had two boys on our team, like sharpshooters, Robbie and Tyler. And we were down at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And it was one of those things I was like, man, I really hope that we could, you know, like, we're all tired. Like we're talking about. We're gassed. We're exhausted. And uh, so I'll never forget fourth quarter kicks off and Robbie hits a three right after that Tyler hit one and it was like they were just like bouncing back and forth hitting three-pointers they hit like six in three minutes or something crazy and we went from down by 20 to up by like 15 in a matter of like five minutes but I remember I remember saying something then that my coach had taught me when I played and it's a phrase if you're a sports person you probably know this offense is contagious 
there's something about the confidence you get from your teammates scoring that gives you the confidence that you can go out. Like, you'll, you'll take the shot. You'll, you'll play harder. You'll do more. And he was saying, and I remember in that moment, I was like, oh, man, uh, offense is contagious. Why? Because it gives you hope again. It gives you confidence again. It makes you want to take your shot again. It gives you confidence in your teammates more. And I'm here to tell you today that you need to realize that the victories that God has given you along the way should give you the confidence, the hope, the joy, the motivation that God's going to come through in the area that you haven't seen him come through yet. That all the things in life that may not be going your way or you may be confused about hear me look at all the other ways God is coming through in your life and let that give you the encouragement and the joy and the hope to keep moving forward because it's contagious when you speak hope into this area of your life you'll have no choice but to have hope in this area of your life it's important that we grab a hold of that so we got to get moving we've got Romans 12 21 says don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil by doing good and one of the things I think that means is, in addition to getting your teammates involved and all that we're talking about, it's also by acknowledging, I'm not going to do this anymore, but I'm going to do this. Matter of fact, I put it in your notes this way. If you want to write this down and put it in your phone, I'm no longer going to let blank conquer me. My mindset, the abuse, my addiction, my struggle, my depression, my anxiety. I'm no longer going to let whatever it is for you conquer me. But I'm going to conquer evil. I'm going to conquer the opponent. I'm going to win by doing blank. And what is the blank for you? Is it taking strategic timeouts? Is it connecting with God in prayer? Is it talking with your team? I'm going to join a small group. Because I'm going to, it's time I get connected to some people that are ready to help me carry my Lord. Is it celebrating touchdowns more often? Declaring all that God is doing, even though it's very easy to look at what he hasn't done yet. What is it you're going to start doing to change what you're seeing? Now, why bother? And this is, the, this is what I want you to understand. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 says it like this. For our momentary light suffering is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. All that we're going through, Paul says, it's producing something that God's going to give us and glory far above, far above uh, any comparison. Because we're not looking at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. In other words, we're not, it's not what's on this earth that's happening to us, but there's something different. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. And I've started off talking about how I ran up that hill and like literally almost rolled down it on my side because I was done. I get to the top of the hill, and I get to the top of the hill, I look up, and there's another hill in front of me. And I was like, I don't think I can keep going, which is exactly where some of you may feel in life right now. I don't think I can keep going. One of my buddies was there, and he gave me this phrase, and I thought it was so perfect for what we were talking about today, and I want to give it to you. He said, start focusing on your development, and it'll get you to your destination. Start focusing on your development. In other words, start focusing on what God's doing in you. Start focusing on the journey that he has you on, how he's molding you, how he's holding you, how his grace is care. Start focusing on the development and the person he's making in you. And before you know it, you'll be in your destination. Now, when I was on that run, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. He said, you know what? I don't want you to look up anymore. I just want you to keep, keep your eyes fixed on putting one foot in front of the other. 
And so that's what I did, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And before I knew it, guess where I was at? Top of the hill. For some of you, you know what your eternity has for you. But you're so fixed on it that you're forgetting that God wants to do something amazing in you, for you, and through you right now. So hear me. Keep your eyes fixed on glory, on eternity, on where God has, what he has for you in eternity. But don't get so fixed on what you're aiming to accomplish on this earth that it causes you to become so frustrated that it stalemates you here. Keep putting that foot in front of the other. Keep going. God's got you. He's going to take care of you. He'll lead you. He's got the grace to sustain you. I'm here to tell you today that in the infinite game of life, God's got all that you need. Isn't he good, church? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you carry us and that you hold us. And God, we thank you that it's not going to be by our own strength that we win, but it's going to be through you, Jesus, who is all that we need. So God, in the areas where we've been weak, where the areas where we haven't been able to get it all together, carry us. Help us take more strategic timeouts to be with you, to gather what we need to gather so that we can live a life God, that would honor you and and cause people to look to you in a better way. Help us talk to our teammates and help us take times for our touchdowns where we celebrate all that you're doing in our life, even if we haven't seen you do the one thing that we're really praying for. God, we know that you've got us and we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. While you're here today, I want to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here today and you need Jesus, Not to just be your strength. You need him to give you a clean slate. You need him to become the coach of your life. You need him to take over. If that's you today, God's ready to meet you in a powerful way. And so if you're here and you say, Brad, I don't know Jesus. I don't know that I'm saved. I know about God maybe, but I don't know God. I want to give him my life today. If that's you, I want to pray with you. And we want to introduce you to Jesus today. If that's you all across this place, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Even online, you can pray this uh, prayer with me. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that pray that today. Man, we celebrate with you guys. Awesome, 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 awesome.